said, I only charge $10 an hour. And so at the time I was, I was thinking that they would negotiate because in Vietnam, everything was negotiation, but no one negotiate. They just, they're just like, okay, we could try that. In this episode, we will talk about starting a business at 10 years old, understanding how this helps in a different culture and how this starting this business at 10 years old has to end to start something new. We'll dive right into T. Lundell's courageous story, where at 10 years old, all she wanted to do was to help her parents. And now she's been thriving for two decades. Now she knows that when it's time to end. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast. And where you, this is a place where you get inspired and fill up with courage to finally call in your inner beast. And today we have T. Lundell. T., uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, just uh, quite boring, I guess. Like, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, and, um, and I work full-time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, so what is one creator story that you would like to share with us today? Sure. So, I mean, it started when I first came to America because uh, at the time I didn't realize what I was doing. But as an adult, kind of looking back on what I did, I I realized, wow, like I I had a lot of courage to uh, to do what I did. So when we came to America, we came in 1995. Mm -hmm. um, my family didn't really speak English. Uh, we just speak Vietnamese and, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, the only word that I actually know in English was my name is Tame. That's it. Like, you know, like that's, that's all I know. Cause my, my Vietnamese name is Tham. And so that's the only thing that I know how to say, or, and then the, the next thing is, I don't know how to speak English. That's like the only thing that I know how to say. Um, so then, <sighs> But when we first came over, so 1995, like we weren't making a lot of money. My parents immediately worked 22 hours a day each. So they were never home and they, they barely were home, but we barely made uh, end meets because we don't have enough money for food and rent and everything like that. And being the oldest daughter, I realized that I have to do something to help them, but I didn't know what I could potentially do. Now, my job that my parents gave me was to always check the mails. That was my job at, at my house. So I, I checked the mails, I would read the mails, and I would tell my parents, like, okay, which one is important and which one is not. Yeah. And one day, uh, I, I heard like a big thump outside. So I went out to, to get the mail, and I realized that there's these two books and I, I was like, oh, I wonder why they're giving out books for free. And, you know, like in Vietnam, like when you get free books, it's just like like a luxury kind of thing. So then I, I went in and I was like opening up the books and I really wanted to like read the story that's in there. But I got really confused because it's all like you have the yellow book, which is, the, 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 you know, just like businesses and advertisement. And then there's this white book that has all kind of information in very small prints and I and I figure oh let, let's see if I can find my last name and I found our family last name which at that time was fame 
And uh, and then it was our address, our phone number, everything was correct. Then I start finding my aunt's last name. And, you know, so then I, I quickly realized that this was a book of information. And and I don't know, a thought came to mind. Now, obviously, this is a, like, you know, looking back, it did not happen all in one sitting. But eventually, some, I don't know, days or weeks later, um, I was thinking, you know, I wonder how many people... Um, are also needing to read their mails and understand their mails, but maybe they don't have kids. And so um, at the time I thought, okay, well, let me just call them. And so where we are, um, you know, like the, if you call the local number, it was a free call. So I just pick up the phone and I call and I speak in Vietnamese and I say, you know, um, uh, 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 is this, whoever name that I was looking at and they and you know immediately they know that I'm a child so they say yes where's your parents you know why are you calling me and I said well actually I called to see if if there's any way possible that I could potentially help you um you know do you need someone to help you read your mail because I could do that uh if if you have an important mail I wanted to help you make sure that you get that out of the door so that you don't get any penalties on that. If you have junk mail, I want to make sure that you don't fall to that scam and lose your money. So I can really help you with that. And to be honest, I just really need to make money to help my parents because um, we're very, very poor. And uh, so this is 1995. And I said, I only charge $10 an hour. And so at the time I was I was thinking that they would negotiate because in Vietnam everything was negotiation, but no one negotiate. They just they're just like, okay, we could try that. So then um so I give them my address and and they come. So and then there are a couple of people that I couldn't get to and and one day I just figure well, maybe I can just jump on the bus I was bored you know like which is very ballsy because you know I don't know where I am my parents don't know where I am they they're working 22 hours a day you know so they're never home and I was like I'm just gonna hop on the bus I didn't even pay for the bus because I didn't understand that you're supposed to pay but because I was little they just let me get on. And so I would just take I would just take a, a page from the phone book and I say, where do I like how do I catch the bus to go to these yeah. um addresses? And they just show me. And I go and I knock on the door and I say the same thing. And then uh, when I get a client, I just say, next time you have to go to my house because I can't catch the bus all the time. So then that's how I started my um interpreting business. So I start I started from there and then some people say, Hey, can you go to the hospital with me? Can you go to the doctor? Can you listen to like, you know, this parent teacher conference? Yeah. So then later I start getting um uh contracted with the hospital to do interpreting there. Then I get contracted with the uh the, the school and then I con get contracted with the um the county where I was and also the courthouse. So I started doing a lot of interpreting uh, work, and um, and then we used that. <laughs> I used the money from that to then talk my parents into, hey, let's open up a nail salon. So mm -hmm. then, um, so I asked them for five thousand, and I have five thousand, and so I said, let's let's do this together. So we opened up a, a nail salon. That's that's a story for another day. But we did open up a nail salon. So so. Um, 
So we got here in 1995. 1996 was when I first began the interpreting uh, job. And then um, and then the year 2000 was the first nail salon that we have. Um, so very, very quickly kind of go about it in, in that way. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like you were, I think, 19, were you, how old were you? Like, I think you remember you said I was 10? Roughly 10. Yes, I was 10. Yep. Wow. It's, I mean, when I was 10, <laughs> I was just in school. <laughs> I was just in school. I didn't do anything. I was just, I was 10 years old. But the fact that, you know, you, at that age already, you're just like, okay, I'm going to go through these books and call a number and say, mm -hmm. hey. And it's mostly, is it mostly um, Vietnamese families that you mostly call yeah. interpretation? Because well, I, I didn't really speak English that well, um, but I, I could read. And so, um, and I, I know how to look things up in a dictionary, like a Vietnamese English dictionary. So so reading was my forte. Um, and I just searched the the white page for Vietnamese last name because I know how to spell all the Vietnamese last names. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just what I do. I just call and, you know, like sometimes I get Chinese people and I just hang up, you know. But that's yeah. it. Oh, I, can't, I can't translate for you. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't even communicate. So, yeah. I'm curious too. Like, I know that's a long time ago, but did you ever get in touch or uh, stay in touch with the people that you helped? We so yeah, so I, um, I ended up doing a lot uh, of work for the Vietnamese community. So the Vietnamese, so I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We don't have a really big Vietnamese community here. Yeah. So I stay in touch with these people, and then and then I also kind of help them a lot. So I help a lot of people study to pass their U.S. citizenship test because I have to do that with my parents. So yeah. we have a temple here where I I talk to um the monks and then I I, I host like a, a Saturday where I, I kind of help people with uh, passing the citizenship test and then also to like teach Vietnamese like to kids um so I make little flashcards so just doing a lot with the Vietnamese community um like I it, it was weird like I'm like I'm kind of I was shy but then at the same time I was not shy you know like like I I would not I, I don't know how to talk anything besides business. Like if they need help with whatever it is, like I could talk. But other than that, like I don't talk that much. So there so it's always this weird thing like, oh, she's kind of shy, but no, not not really. But anyway, so so I do um I do a lot of that. And then whenever we start having like a nail salon and I kind of understand a little bit of that, then I also help people with that as well. Because when we first open up our nail salon now, I have no clue what we were doing so what we keep on getting slapped you know like from the state like I, I didn't have my license I didn't realize I needed a license I didn't realize I needed insurance I did like there's just so many things that I didn't realize I just figure I just we'll just buy it we'll figure it out um and I mean we end up did figure it out but it was it was interesting so then like you know so once I figure it out I said well let me help the other Vietnamese people and then as my English got a lot better it's just it just became like you know whatever they need like people would just call me um and yeah so so when i was younger we just spent a lot of time with the vietnamese community definitely mm. and then that was mostly in part like 
when you were a teenager now, or even now too, are you also in, heavily involved in the Vietnamese community where you are at? No, not really. Um, as I get older, I'm not as involved. And I would probably say that since I got married, like I haven't been as involved because my career, my own career start taking off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, so I just, I just don't have enough time. So I stopped doing my interpreting job. So I have, I started interpreting in like 1997, just like, ran, um, I'm sorry, 1996, just randomly. And then 1997 was like an actual more like business because I was getting a lot more clients. And then I have that all the way to 2017. And so at 2017 was when I got married. My husband is American. Um, and and so like you know we would think about like starting a family and then my career start taking off so i i start getting really busy um and so when i start having more requests coming in i actually found other vietnamese teenagers that can speak both language and i just kind of say hey do this i actually never sold my business um I just basically like give like clients away because I, you know, so I just like this, just go ahead. Just uh, the, these, these were the rates that they were paying me. So they really like get an upper hand because um, I go from $10 an hour uh, to $70 an hour. Um, and so, you know, so they get the upper hand when I say, Hey, just, just go, here's the rate that I was charging, you know, like you, you can, you can go with that. Um, and then eventually, like, I just start moving away from the from the Vietnamese community. And now, actually, after so many years, I feel like my Vietnamese is getting worse. So, <laughs> so it's not like sometimes I just couldn't think of words anymore because I just speak English all the time. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And I mean, also, like, you've been in this business for... 20 years maybe 21 years so 96 to 2017 that's practically 20 years yes 20 years yes My math is so jobs <laughs> anyways but I mean it's understandable you know like life transitions you know like sometimes you right. need to leave something behind not because you want to but you know it's time to move on to something like that. like you said you have a career you have your career is taking off you're, you're starting to start a family or, you know, and you're married and everything is just like, okay. Like, it's not like it was a great thing that happened and now it's just there and now let's go somewhere else. Yeah, it was definitely a great stepping stone. Like I, you know, like I, I'm so glad that I did that, but I'm thinking back, I have a daughter now, my daughter is three and I'm thinking back, I was like, man, if she's 10 and she's catching the bus by herself and talking to strangers, like, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> so I just feel like I was just, yeah, because my parents don't really know where I was um, because we didn't have cell phones at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. No, so, not. right. So we didn't, we didn't have cell phones. And so we didn't, uh, I think my first cell phone was 2001 and that's, only because um the story maybe for another day but i i i started uh going to college a little bit earlier than most people so so we i needed a cell phone just to kind of keep touch with my parents and so um yeah so i i was still like a kid when i when i went <laughs> so, that, so that was the my my only reason to have a cell phone because 
we have nail salons and I, I I went to school a little bit further out. It was like five hours away. Yeah. Oh, no, that makes sense. Like, I yes. mean, I can understand now, like nowadays, it's different from when in the 90s and early 2000s. So even when I was um, when I was 10 as well, I didn't have a phone either. And I just go anywhere I want. Parents are like, mm, OK, that's fine. We'll see you at home. No worries. Right. Nowadays, it's like, <laughs> oh, dang it. OK, where where are you going? Are you going to be safe? Is your is your, is your um, fa- um find my phone on unless like, so I can find you? Where's your location? <laughs> All that. I know. <laughs> I know. My, my husband talked about getting a tracker on my daughter. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> we need to know at all time but yeah yeah before just like all right as long as you're home you know like when I get home that's all and my parents don't get home till really late at night so hey as long yeah. as I'm home at any time yeah, yeah no it makes sense now of like if we were to put ourselves back then or for our kids back then it's like okay that's fine but now it's like mm, maybe not be all that right. yeah so what is it now that um so I'm curious, like, what it was it now that your career is taking off, and also how 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 was the transition for you from twenty? So when when you were in 2017 with that transition, what did you have to do in order to kind of yeah? So I always do many things at once. Being that Pittsburgh is not a big we don't have a big Vietnamese population here. The translation business alone would not have given me afloat, right? So I was doing a lot of things. So besides having the interpreting business, um, I also have nail salons. So we have like uh, like a family business, like most Vietnamese uh, families, right? We have nail salons. Um, then on top of the nail salon, I, I also have real estate. So I have like tenants. And then I was in med, like I was studying to be a, a medical doctor, which then I decided to make a change afterwards um, to go into more of the finance industry. Because one of the things that I realized with the Vietnamese uh, community, just talking with people, is that they're so timid on how to invest. Right? Like in in Vietnam, we don't have uh, trust with a bank, and then so so they carry that same kind of thought process to America and their high money, like under the mattress, like, you know, I hear people hide money in the walls or in the freezer, just, just all, the, all kind of the crazy freezer. things. Like, if you're born in America, it's just like, why would you, <laughs> but it makes sense. And you know, I have people like dig a hole outside in the backyard and that's where the money is, you know? Um, and so they never really kind of, know how to invest and know how to take care of themselves. And and I saw that as another opportunity to help Vietnamese people. Uh, So I left the medical field. I I spent nine years in the medical field, but I left the medical field to kind of pursue that end of it. And again, I, um, and because of my connection, I had uh, the the bulk of my business at the beginning, almost uh, coming from the Vietnamese community where I just kind of helped them with uh, with, with their financial uh, beings. And and I, I was working with them um, all the way to 2017, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, uh, my company. So at the time that I started with my company, being in, in a financial business is a male-dominated world. It's actually a, more of a white male-dominated world. So I was like one of five women 
and I was the like like the other like you know I was the only Asian person there and and because of the way that I did my business the uh the the managers there saw an opportunity for me to become a partner of the company so that I can grow uh more of a diversified team and so 2017 was when I took on that partnership role um and so I have to kind of give up a lot of things that I was doing so that's I kind of we, we closed down all of the nail salon. I got rid of all my uh, interpreting uh, gigs and actually sold all of my real estate as well because I wanted to kind of just focus on this. Um, and so that's what I did. And I, I was focusing more on just kind of building the, the business um, and and uh, kind of teaching people, bringing in a diverse team. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where like, it's just, I go from, always like speaking Vietnamese and English to to only speaking English all you know like all the time um and so uh so it wasn't it wasn't like a big transition because I I always do multiple things at the same time um and then it just right now just because of the way things are again I, I have grown out of it it's just I don't have the time to go and do the interpreting job like I used to Okay, that makes sense of like, like you said, you're, um, you grew up with doing multiple things at a time. So just transition, okay, like job, okay, let's pick another one thing up and then job and like, like as they keep going and, you know, it's, and like you said, like you have to drop some things because, and earlier during the conversation too, it's just moving forward in life of what serves you now versus what it served you then, like. The interpreting business, the nail salon, definitely served you for the past 20 years. And now yeah. that's it. And now we can move forward on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, and so if you, so I'm curious too, like, what is one takeaway that you would like to share to our listeners? I would, I would really just say like, you know, like, there's opportunities everywhere and you just you just have to just I feel like we all have a gut feeling of something and sometimes like you know like we we kind of get uh confused by what our gut feeling is telling us because sometimes with our gut feeling it could be like nervous or fear like you mostly it's like fear but then you're just like oh it could be a great idea but then you get all kind of like fear setting in and it you know, like as a kid, there's, we don't listen to the fear most of the time. And I think that that's, that's where, why I was able to do, it. I guess if I came over when I was a teenager, I might not be able to do that. But came, coming over when I was 10, it was a little bit easier because I don't listen to that fear. But I, but I think like looking back to, as I, as I build different businesses, um, I always have fear but at the same time, I just said, you know, like, I just have to go out and do it because you just, you just don't know. So like, sometimes it's just like, you know, say some, depending on like how big my fear is, I have to then have a self-talk, right? And just go, what is the worst case scenario it could happen if you just ask or if you just call someone or if you just talk to someone like what is the worst case scenario and whatever that worst case scenario is it's not that bad it's just like oh they might laugh at me they might say no I say okay so can you live with that because they probably won't remember you 
and you probably won't remember them. <laughs> so then like that's like kind of my self-talk. So I feel like when when you have a gut feeling, and and I think like in, in some sense we always know a good gut feeling versus a bad gut feeling. But but again, like there's fears that involve that kind of get confusing. But if there's a, a little bit of a sense of a good gut feeling, just kind of go with it. Just take that chance and just do it because you don't know what doors it will open up. You know, um, I actually, a lot of the things that I have accomplished throughout my life was because I pick up the phone and call that first Vietnamese family and say, I could help you with this, you know? And, and of course, like it was the first time I talked, it wasn't nice and smooth is, you know, all jagged, when, you know, but, but I just learned and not everyone said yes. Um, but that's okay. You know, like I don't need everyone to say yes. I just need a couple of people to give me a chance. And then, and then they, they use words of mouth to kind of help me pass that along. So just, just take a chance, you know, and, and just do it. Yeah. That's definitely true. Just taking a chance, no matter how small the fear is, even that little gut feeling that says something run with it go with it take that small chance and like you said too like not everyone's going to take you in but if someone or a few people took that chance on you mm -hmm. yes it's so rewarding um but thank you t for sharing your story and also sharing your takeaway we really appreciate it and thank you again for joining us really yeah do. thanks tina yeah um Thank you, everyone, for listening in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please um, hit the follow button wherever you're listening and look out for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our conversation and would like to get connected with T. Lundell, please be sure to look in the description and show notes for more information and for the links.